<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Eve has been amazingly well behaved for being in town. Why you like... yelled at me? <laughs> Shh. The fact that I yell at my kids is a secret. We don't want our viewers to know. That never happens. In my house, I never yell. A Utah YouTuber who claimed to offer help to parents in raising children defended her treatment of her own children. Now she's charged with child abuse as her oldest daughter asks the public for help in gathering evidence and neighbors say they've been concerned for a long time. Welcome to Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. I'm Anjanette Levy. Ruby Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, are in jail on six counts of child abuse. Frankie ran a YouTube channel, Eight Passengers, where she documented her family's life. That page shut down, and with her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, she was running a new channel called Connections. Frankie's oldest daughter, Sherry Frankie, is in college and estranged from her mother. She posted on Instagram about being relieved by her mom's arrest, stating finally and asking people to help collect evidence about connections. Here's a clip of a video that Ruby Frankie posted on Facebook. After she entered her daughter's school, she was pretty upset after they were having the kids do a flash mob. I am so upset. I am so angry. I could scream. And I had an appointment with the principal. I said, I have a concern about, about the TikTok dances. And she said, she said every, um, she said in the fall semester and in the spring semester, we need to have a performance. A flash mob is a great way to get it in. It's efficient. It, the kids love it. They have fun with it. And um, they are able to check off their performance for their grade. I said, my problem is the choice of songs. And she says, well, all the songs were approved by me. And she says, well, what's moral for you isn't going to be moral for other parents. You know, you're complaining about this song, but I've got 30 other parents that just think it's wonderful. And I said, it's what's moral according to God. Joining me to discuss the allegations in this story is somebody who has investigated a lot of crimes. He's also a lawyer, retired FBI agent, Bobby Chacon. Bobby, welcome back to Sidebar. Thanks for coming on. Great to be back, thank you. Bobby, what are your first impressions of this case? I can't believe it. it's it's not totally shocking given the stuff that we cover, but we have somebody who's Mormon, who professes to be a religious person, offering parenting advice, and now police are saying she's really a child abuser. 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the first thing that I thought of was the case that we had in the last couple of years here in California that not far from me with the more than a dozen children kept in that house. Um, you remember, they range from small children to large, some chained to the bed, things like that. That's the really what came family. finally. Yeah, the term and the long term abuse, like the systematic long term abuse that these children are being basically raised under. You know, then when I saw the reporting of this case and, and thank God that some of the neighbors kept at it, they, they apparently called the authorities a number of times. They did welfare checks. They just kind of checked the boxes, I think. They left paperwork on the door because no one answered and then they left. But one of the neighbors I saw said, you know, we were just hoping that this didn't end in like those kids being brought out of that house in body bags, uh, you know, which could happen. And so, you know, I lived in Utah for a while and um, mm. those are very close-knit communities. I lived in Salt Lake, but the sub suburbs of Salt Lake are these small little towns that all kind of are very enclavish and Everybody knows each other, looks out for each other, and is really treats each other well. And I think when you have somebody here in this case was not treating their children well, it became very known to the neighbors. My first impression was, like one of those neighbors reported, I'm, I'm glad it got resolved or hopefully resolved before there was any deaths of some of those children. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It seems like this has gone on for a long time. It's not as if everything's hunky-dory and you just one day wake up and start abusing your children. No, this is a systematic thing. This is a, this is, and, and the really bizarre point about this case is she apparently was part of some parenting group um, that mm -hmm. had an Instagram page and was kind of active on social media and YouTube and stuff. And people were kind of disturbed by some of the behavior that they could actually see. So she made, as opposed to the case in California, which was very hidden, People never saw those children here in this case, you know, she was actually on YouTube putting videos out where people were like, I don't think you should withhold food from children as a, as a reward slash punishment type of system. And apparently she was doing some of that and, and, and putting it out there as a parenting strategy on, on her channels and on her social media. And so people were kind of getting upset about that. Apparently last year she kicked her husband out of the house and, and things kind of spiraled even worse. She has this business partner in this parenting business, and apparently she was spending more time with that person, longer periods away from the house, where at least one of the ch children was wandering around the neighborhood looking for playmates, knocking on doors. And so all of this really kind of came to a head. You, you hope, you, the hope is that social services gets on these things quicker. Some of the children were malnourished. It takes a while to become malnourished. And that's, again, what you talk about to your point. It's that this, this was going on for quite some time, this was a systematic behavior pattern that was, you know, going on and, you know, could have ended much more tragically. The oldest daughter of Ruby Frankie, Sherry, 
posted on Instagram over the weekend and she was asking the public to look for information, evidence related to the YouTube channel, the Connections YouTube channel, not the eight passengers one. She said, we're, we're aware of most of that stuff, but we're looking for evidence related to the Connections YouTube channel specifically. And so Sherry Frankie is in college now. She's away from home and probably, I'm assuming, may have contacted authorities, but she was almost breathing a sigh of relief in some of these messages that she posted on her Instagram story, basically saying, finally, something is happening. She's 20 years old. Yeah, and I know people have the reaction of, you know, well, why didn't she stop it sooner? She's an adult and she's been an adult for several years. You know, as you're getting into 16, 17, 18 year old, you got to remember if this is a long term systematic behavior pattern, these children have been raised almost brainwashed to accept this type of behavior. You know, children learn what they live, right, is an old phrase. And it's like, you know, they don't uh, oftentimes when, when people abuse children long term like this, they don't allow the children to know what proper behavior is, what proper parenting is. And and so they don't know any different. This is the way they've been raised. And, and so I think that people have to keep in mind that, you know, as this probably this young person probably left the world of that home and got into college and got away from that influence, you know, then it starts to become more clear how bizarre and how improper um, that behavior was that she was raised under. And so I think that I, I think we should give all of those. I mean, this person is a victim, right? This 20 year old college student is a victim. And I think we should give them all of the leeway and all of the help that they need to, to kind of recover from this. And thank God that she did that and, and now is helping some of the young, younger uh, siblings. You said something really interesting there that, you know, people do what they learn and what they're taught. I would assume if these allegations are true, that Ruby Frankie may have witnessed this behavior in her own childhood, possibly had the same treatment, uh, even though you grow up and maybe you get out of the house and you realize, oh, this that wasn't right. Maybe she knew no other way and maybe she was duct taped to the wall and maybe she had food withheld from her. But at some point, you know, you're eating food and you're healthy. So, I mean, it, there's a weird kind of dynamic going on there. There's also a generational thing that happens too. Like, you know, um, you're right. The, the abused often becomes an abuser, um, you know, and I don't know the statistics on that, but it's not uncommon for someone that was abused to know that kind of behavior pattern and then carry it on as the abuser later in their life. But, you know, a generation ago, two generations ago, social services wasn't as active. We didn't have social media to kind of give us all the information that we now have. Um, hopefully there, there are more and better avenues for, you know, victims like this to get the help that they need. But, you know, I know one or two generations ago, which is not that long, people tolerated this. People looked the other way. Neighbors said that's not our, any of our business, things like that. I, I mean, my, my grandmother was raised in a very, very abusive household and then married an abuser and, and was married to him for 50 years and never, you know, called the police on him. And never. that's just not what you did back then. Right. You handled it in, inside the family. And so as these generations have progressed and social services has Kind of, you know, look, I know social services is overwhelmed and underfunded all the time, um, but there, there's more outreach now, I think, and neighbors, I think, the more we publicize stories like this and they see these types of things in the media, the more neighbors are like, I have to say something, I have to make a phone call, I have to do something uh, to help these children, because you know, if I don't, we are going to see them carried out of that house and body bags.
Definitely. If you see something that you think is not right, speak up, especially when it comes to children. Bobby, put your lawyer hat on now. You're a retired FBI agent, obviously, but as an attorney, how do you defend this woman if these allegations are indeed true? I'm, I'm saying this because it sounds pretty pretty uh, damning that you have a child who's malnourished walking around, but she is innocent until proven guilty, along with Jody Hildebrandt, her business partner. Well, absolutely. I mean, look, and, and I'm kind of torn by some of these things because I'm a big believer in parents' rights. I don't believe a lot of these other cases that have disturbed me recently are school systems and school districts and teachers doing things to children or advising children without parents' consent or without parent knowledge. So I'm a big believer that parents have the paramount responsibility and rights to raise their children the way they see fit. However, obviously, in cases like this, when they cross the line, when you said they're duct taped and malnourished and things like that, I mean, obviously, these things cross the line. But as an attorney, you know, I, 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 it's really hard to put a defense attorney cap on me because I spent so much time on the other side. Um, but, but I, you know, at some point, this is parenting, right? I, I have, a, you know, the right to spank my child if I want. I have a right to do, you know, certain things the way I see fit. I think it's going to be, it, it could be a defense strategy, could be to, to raise that kind of thing. Now, I don't believe that should be successful in this case. I'm just saying that that could be a theory that, look, parenting should ultimately re reside with the parents. And, um, and I, I think that I would try to to do that and, and downplay some of the horrific evidence in this case, like the evidence of duct tape and like the malnourishment, which is hard to hard to explain away and, and should be hard to explain away. And I think will be hard to explain away in this case. But I think that one of the defense strategies will be, you know, this is parenting. And, and if you don't agree with it, then you raise your kids the way you want and, and allow other people to raise the kids the way they want. Another thing that bothers me about this case, it sounds like people on YouTube, we're, we're seeing some things, some red flags for a really long time, and they were raising questions about this channel and about Ruby Frankie. Yeah, and even the neighbors, some of the neighbors say the same thing, that they were calling social services, they were calling the police, I think a one welfare check, they knocked on the door, got no answer, and simply left a piece of paper on the on the, you know, on the door saying, call us or, or call us when you're available. I mean, that's, that's not the way. I think they're, this is the problem, I think, with social services. And we've seen this in, in domestic violence cases. We've seen this in, in child abuse cases um, where either law enforcement or social services are just not aggressive enough. Uh, you know, we do have in this country a, a sacrosanct right to our own liberty and do whatever we want in the, in the confines of our own home and, and things like that. But I think, like you said earlier, when children are involved or when adults that are, you know, mentally compromised or the elderly, um, I think that law enforcement and social services has to be more aggressive uh, you know, in that battered women. I think that th there needs to be uh, higher stakes. I think that there need to be more tools available to both law enforcement and social services to be more aggressive in these situations and, and maybe, you know, break that door open and, and go in there and see what's going on in there and not walk away simply because the door's locked and nobody answers the bell. So I think that that's, that's one of the things we have to, you know, continually evaluate in our society about how much privacy versus protection um, we want to uh, strike, where do you strike that balance between privacy of the individual and protection of a child, elderly person, or someone who's in an abusive situation? There has to be a way. Bobby, we will continue to follow this story, and we appreciate your time as always. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.
That's it for this edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. Remember to hit the subscribe button. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.